So we've all heard the old phrase before, it's all or nothing, right? Which means that if we're not in something to give a hundred percent, then maybe it's better not to be involved at all. Better to be involved with your whole heart than to be half-hearted. Which is, in essence, what Jesus is telling us in that gospel lesson for today. His words may make us uncomfortable, uneasy. They may make us squirm at what he's saying to us. Cut off your hand or your foot if it causes you to sin. Pluck out your eye if it gives offense. Wow. What is Jesus telling us? Let's see if we can unpack these words of Jesus and make application for our own lives today. Today we begin a five-week stewardship series entitled All of Life. And based on those words of Jesus from Mark chapter 9, the message this day is entitled All or Nothing. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. So if we're going to understand what Jesus is talking about here in the gospel lesson for today, we have to get at what the background and context is behind all of those words. The bigger picture in chapters 8 and 9 and 10 of Mark's gospel, Jesus makes three passion predictions, as they are called, where Jesus foretells his own passion, his impending suffering and death and resurrection. And after each of these three passion predictions, there's misunderstanding on the part of the disciples. They don't get it at all. <laughs> and truthfully, we wouldn't either had we been there also. And so after that misunderstanding, Jesus then had to give correction and additional teaching. And so that's the pattern in chapters 8 and 9 and 10. There's prediction. There's misunderstanding. There is correction three times in three chapters. And today's gospel, then, is part of that correction Jesus gave after his second passion prediction. That is the context and the background here. Today's gospel lesson, as I mentioned, comes just after the disciples were caught up in a heated discussion about who would be the greatest, who would be the most famous, who would be the celebrity. We might shake our heads and say, wow, <laughs> really? That's, that's what you're talking about. But then in the gospel lesson for today, John gets all worked up about some unknown individual who's out there casting out demons in Jesus' name. It's an unauthorized use of power. He's not one of us. John says, and John's speaking for all the disciples here, but John's words are revealing. He says, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Hmm. Not Jesus, but 
us. And isn't often that the issue in our own lives as well? We're more concerned about us than Jesus. Earlier in chapter 9, the disciples couldn't bring healing to a boy with an unclean spirit. The boy's father asked the disciples to do it, but they couldn't touch it. And now, here is this unknown exorcist out there doing the very thing they could not in Jesus' name. And like Moses in the Old Testament, Jesus' response is not restricting, but it is very tolerant. Jesus says, don't stop him. For the, no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. The one who is not against us is for us. So Jesus opposed that narrow exclusivism of the twelve with an open and generous spirit. Now we've just come off this five-day visit of Pope Francis here to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., our own backyard, then New York, then Philadelphia. He leaves uh, later tonight. And watching people interact and crowd around him, this, I believe, is what Francis embodies to people, be they Catholic or otherwise. There is an open and generous spirit that they see and sense in him. And people are attracted to that. So an all-of-life perspective means that God's kingdom is broader and it's bigger often than what we think it is. It's pushing past our narrow boundaries that we are often very prone to erect. Even something as ordinary as giving a cup of cold water to someone who belongs to Jesus, that serves his kingdom purpose, he tells us. So there are no distinctions between trivial and important tasks in the kingdom. There's only faith and obedience shown in devotion to Jesus. So this all-of-life perspective leads to all-or-nothing discipleship with what Jesus says next. All causes of sin are to be ripped out by the roots from the lives of God's people. Tie a big old millstone around the neck of anybody who gives offense and is a stumbling block to faith. Throw him into the sea. Cut off your hand or your foot if it causes you to sin. Rip out your eye if it gives offense. Better enter life maimed than whole-bodied to be thrown into hell. Tough words, challenging for us. And this is where the rubber hits the road for us as disciples of Jesus today because we often want to play both ends against the middle. We want to have our cake and eat it too. We say we want to follow Jesus and be his disciples, but we also really want to hold on to those pet sins 
that are so comfortable in our lives, whether they be by hand or foot or mouth or wherever else they manifest themselves. We don't want to give them up for the sake of Jesus. We say we want to follow Jesus, but instead of offering up ourselves in joyful response to what Jesus has done for us, we cling tightly to the things of this world. And you know, it's awfully hard to pry anything out of a hand that's clenched tight. Can't really do it. Jesus tells us, you can't have it both ways. Jesus is not here demanding physical self-mutilation. That's what some early believers thought, and they engaged in physical self-mutilation. Nasty business. And the church very early on said, no, that is not what Jesus is saying. What he is saying in the strongest manner possible is that he is calling for costly sacrifice. Whatever in our life tempts us to be untrue to God, to lead a double life, saying one thing, doing another, that's got to be discarded promptly and decisively. Even as a surgeon amputates a hand or a leg to save a life. This all-or-nothing sacrifice of whatever's holding us back from following Jesus, whatever is that stumbling block and impeding our faith, is carried a step further. Jesus says every disciple is to be a living sacrifice for God so that our whole life in thought, in word, indeed, that becomes a living witness to God. Jesus tells us in his Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. That light of Jesus is going to shine through us, through what we say and what we do, to illumine the world around us with the light of Christ. And through the good works of love that Jesus calls us to do, that will season the lives of people around us. But what do you do if the salt isn't salty anymore? If it's not good for seasoning, not much you can do with it, Jesus says. Everyone will be salted with fire. And we remember that in the Old Testament, all the sacrifices were accompanied with a bit of salt. Jesus is drawing on this image to remind us that as believers, we may go through fiery trials in our own lives that are designed by God not to consume us, not to destroy us, but to refine our faith, to strengthen that, to purify it, purging those things that God 
would have removed from our lives that are contrary to his will. So you may be thinking, hey, if this is what it is, all or nothing, well, <laughs> then I'm all about nothing because this is way too much for me. There is no way I can live up to these expectations. And so like the rich young man who came to Jesus, we may sigh deeply and walk away downcast and dejected because we feel like we can't measure up. But wait, wait. The very one who calls us to such radical discipleship is the very one who demonstrated an all-or-nothing love for you and for me. Jesus gave all that he had for us. He endured betrayal and rejection. He suffered excruciating death upon the cross. He poured out his lifeblood. He suffered abandonment by his own father on the cross in order to make us his own. Jesus suffered and died and rose again in order to redeem us and make us his own. And the price he paid wasn't in some kind of commodities exchange of gold or silver or stocks or bonds. It was something far more precious and valuable than that. It was his life blood. And so the gift of forgiveness of sins and life and salvation, that gift Jesus gives to you comes freely. We can't buy it. We can't purchase it. We don't earn it and we certainly don't deserve it. It can only be received as a gift by faith. And my friends, this is the radical all or nothing grace of God in Jesus Christ that calls us from death to life, that opens us up then to see all of life in a new way. All those things that God has placed into our hands, our time, our food, our relationships, our leisure, our health, all of those things that we talked about in the children's message, those are gifts from God placed into our hands to manage for the glory of God and the good of others. So this all of life stewardship then comes as a grateful response. It's rooted in thankfulness. And if we look at that Old Testament lesson for today, we see a lesson of what it doesn't look like. Because <laughs> all the people there, all they could see is what they did not have. We don't have the meat. We don't have the fish. We don't have the onions or garlic or cucumbers, all of those things. Never mind the fact that God sustained them with manna in the wilderness. Sometimes that's our problem, too. We only see what we don't have. And so thankfulness is out the window. All of life's stewardship begins in a spirit of thanksgiving for what God has placed into our hands. It isn't about what I can do for God. 
It begins with what God in Christ has done for me and for you. It sees our time and our possessions, our whole life, not as things that we own, but as that which belongs to God. And so we return to God everything that he's entrusted into our hands, using our God-given abilities in such a way that he is honored and glorified through us. May God help us all to live out this all-of-life stewardship truth, not just with our lips, but with our lives. For Jesus' sake, amen.